Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're back again, the Backchat Basketball Show, and it's a big day because it's NBA opening night uh, in Australia. It's opening morning, which for me is like Christmas Day. It's just so exciting with the NBA starting, um, although it does fizz every time. Uh, next to me, Ben Malice. Uh, welcome. Don't get too close to me. Otherwise, it might be some unduly rough conduct and you might get suspended <laughs> if the NBA has anything to do I'm with it. I'm standing my ground. I'm not moving. If you run into me, it's your own fault. There we go. And Greg Heyer, of course, four-time champion, Mr. Four-time. I've also been uh, cited for unduly rough, uh, rough play twice. Have so you? I'll be happy enough to uh, discuss this this very topic. You know exactly what to talk about this. Oh, afternoon. exactly right. No, I'm uh, very excited to talk about it. Very good. Let's get straight into a couple of things first. Uh, more importantly than Jesse Wag stuff potentially being suspended. <laughs> Last week, you um, and we will say right off the top, the tribunal is happening in one hour's time. When this goes live, this is going to be sort of old news. Mm. So just be prepared that, you know, if we're behind the times, that's why I'm going to be really transparent with you. Um, more importantly, though, last week you had your very first coaching session. Um, mm. You had to race off to get there. Yep. How did that go? Uh, you have a, a five-year-old son. I do have a five-year-old son. And let me say uh, chaos uh, ensued for the next 45 minutes or an hour. Like, you know, I, I reckon... I diagnosed myself with ADD. I reckon my son's borderline on that level. Um, <laughs> and, you know, their attention spans, not only, like, to think last for 45 minutes to 60 minutes, like, was, like, five, six minutes, um, right. was uh, intriguing, exciting, uh, upsetting, all bundled in one, to yep. then play a game on Saturday. Uh, I was like, what is going to go on? We scored within the first 20 seconds. Um, Huge. I was like... This it's like it's easy. Danny Mills, if you need a coach, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, there's not much to it, right? Like yeah. I played dog and bone for about 30 minutes on Wednesday yep. to score 20 uh, seconds into a game to yep. only we didn't score for another 25 minutes for the score to be four to two. <laughs> so you won? We won. That's yeah. all that matters. Uh, yeah, yeah, that absolutely. Undefeated. Great yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my young son loved it. Uh, yeah. Like talking about uh, cut from the same cloth as his dad. Like mm. he was running, diving on loose balls. Yes, like. I saw footage of your son literally <laughs> diving on the floor for a loose ball and I thought, you've made another Greg Hire. I, yeah, I, and there was this moment where I, if there was a moment that you captured, it was like a tear of joy. Like I, I was thinking that like, you shouldn't be doing that. Like it's Maybe a bit over aggressive. I went, nah. That's yeah. a proud moment as a dad where I like sort of patted myself, yeah, uh, not physically, just pretend and went like, yeah, I'm, I'm nailing yeah, it. Good like, dad. This isn't too hard as a coach and as a dad. I'm doing everything right. So now it was fun. Uh, week two, we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a costly season. I, I 
as a coach, I buy $10 calls my gift voucher and a Gatorade. And my wife was like, what are you doing? So 17 weeks later, could be uh, an issue, but we're all it's all for fun and games. Who, who's the $10 gift card going to? MVP. And I'm oh, obviously right. going to have to rotate. Like, and you have to just yeah, give it to your son, to your son every kid, week? No, no, no. Like kids are going to be, yeah. uh, they hold that like dear. Like that was actually like, I think that was the most upsetting thing. Like after my son was like, Where's my purple Gatorade? Yeah. Um, Can I just give you a little bit of advice with that? Um, do you buy like the carton of Powerades or are you buying no, them from the vending station. machine each time? Oh, fuel, mate, yeah, come yeah. On. What was on special? $2 for seven. Uh, sorry, two for seven. So. Okay, that's not too bad. Please just next time go to the supermarket <laughs> and buy a 12-pack right. and you'll save yourself some coin. Okay. Um, ben, last week uh, you didn't have any children. Is that still the same? I uh, can confirm. Still yep. no children. Still no, no, none that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So no, no coaching kids for you. Um, one thing we did that did happen through the week, uh, the, one of the biggest announcements of my life, um, there's a bar in the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Yes, get your passport ready. Called Nowitzki. They are opening a Dirk Nowitzki, the goat father that sits above the Ben's goat, head here. The goat uh-huh. father. Yeah, the <laughs> goat father, Dirk Nowitzki. A bar dedicated to him. It's called Nowitzki. Uh, and I think in the future, this podcast will probably come from mm. that show. Even if we fly in, fly mm. out every week, happy to do I that. I need to ask, how long has it been since you've been in Dallas? You must be getting withdrawals. Yeah, 2018, uh, start of 2018. So, yeah. Dallas-Fort Worth is a major hub for it a, is. an airport. It is. So I feel like yeah. it's not unreasonable to think that you will be travelling there. Just pass through. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm definitely picking that as my stop-off if like I travel in the future. Have you explored what's on the menu? What's the cocktail? Like, like is there no, a, I want to go like in fresh. Special? Yeah, okay. I want to be like a kid entering Disney World for the first time <laughs> and just seeing all that is so in So your front expectations are really sky high. sky high. Sky high. Um, but could it be a dismal fail? Like you go in there, it's like what, what they say, like you never want to meet your heroes. You can't yeah. think like that, Greg. Yeah. It's all positive. I have I have met Dirk actually. His shower, Get out of here. His shower water was dripping on me when I was interviewing him <laughs> once. Um, he did, just to confirm, you're in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk about th- that yeah yeah like. yeah so post post game this is when i was in dallas and i was going to some games as a media member um he used to do this thing where he would like get out of the shower and just wrap the towel around him but not dry did. himself <laughs> so you'd be standing in like the huddle in the locker room like phone out and because he's like so tall like when the water's just dripping from him it's like it's raining because like there's just that much water and he doesn't dry himself so there was just a little splotch of um Nowitzki water <laughs> on my arm and i was like great but i'm never washing that arm again so uh, no, I was very professional and asking a question or two. This and, is something yeah. we're going to talk about over a few sheltered years. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're well, speaking about members in Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so that's the Dirk Nowitzki bar. We'll, um, I'm sure we'll get there at some point. But let's get wow. into the biggest issue of, of the NBL so far oh. this season. Um, Jesse Wagstaff, unduly rough play for a screen on uh, Lockie Barker offered a one-week suspension with an early guilty plea or go to the mm. one-man tribunal, which seems weird, and that's happening today at 3 o'clock uh, Perth time, which is in about 45 minutes. So we're not going to know the result when this podcast comes live, but Greg, please, sound off. What off was your I take mean, on it? Oh, look, if I could swear in, in, in colourful words, obviously you can. outrageous in that regard. I think, first and foremost, you never want to see an incident like that where a guy is obviously cactus on the floor yes. due to a head-high contact. And I've run through a million different situations and, and think about being directly uh, that that incident being directly in front of me and at no point did I go oh Jesse's in trouble here like I went uh, legible str- uh, screen run of play and, and if anything and you hear this there's been uh, a few commentators talking about the lack of communication from teammates which I, I clearly did think was like and I understand intimidating environment it is outrageously 
loud in that setting. Could you do that? But even being attached as a defender, you call that like you're, um, you're in that sort of drop coverage zone where you want to be yelling out. Now, initially straight away looking up at the screen, at no point did I go, yeah, that was malicious, and knowing Jesse and gone through and had this conversation with him the next day. Then to look at the slow-mo footage that my wife sent me, I went, oh, he's going to be in trouble here just because slow-mo footage makes every single human look bad, right? Like it just never was in that situation. To then speaking to Jesse on Saturday, I was like, what's the process? He's like, I've been asked to submit a uh, you know, a letter or appeal or whatever, his groundings to then res- like to then hear the news whilst I was with Jesse. It was just outrageous. Like I look at that and go... From the letter of the law and yet been going reckless or unduly rough play or wherever it is, yeah, it's mind-boggling, pathetic in that way in terms of where that it goes because it really opens up a can of worms. Because um, I look at that, there was a couple of incidents over the weekend. Jordan Hunter um, cleaned up Jonah Antonio yep. again. Never once did I go, "Oh, that's a dirty, malicious play," and for him to not be cited. Um, there's a number of reasons why you are cited. Uh, opposition teams can make that uh, that. Whether I, I don't think Melbourne United made that because even mm. from Dean Vickerman's statements regarding that, like Jesse's synonymous with setting terror screens as, as a what we like to call it so um, in that regard now to talk about you know and there's a lot of storylines that we can focus on Josh Childress and we brought yes. up the footage last week we actually decapitated brought that up last yeah, week last week that was after Jesse set another mean yeah thing. absolutely yes. the process has completely changed like from what that was there was never any tribunal process it was literally like now at the start of the year you get a handbook saying you know if you're spitting on the floor $1,500 fine you know if you're verbally uh, abuse an official or a spectator $1,500 you know like now head high contact instant uh, for, uh, you know suspension and all this so it's completely changed like yep. and I honestly think if that situation was to happen again um yeah there would be massive ramifications so you eliminate that but i look at it and go the footage where it shows that and at one point did i look at jesse and go yeah any ill-advised like yeah did he lean into it absolutely he's bracing for contact yeah, like, yeah. tell me what one guy irrespective of he's six foot or seven foot yeah you're, going, yeah, you're going to guard up the wall up sorry like you're going to to go into it yourself. um so it's never in that instant and the way they go through it is Take me back from my dry tribunal process. I remembered uh, I got done for a swing arm motion, which you'd always do, and, and got a guy, and never at once did I go, oh, I'm in trouble here. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I remember the the guy, the lawyer for the NBL was like, what were you thinking at this moment? Um, I was like, yeah, I'm trying to get from point A to point B. We're in a flex cut offense. This is what I do. It's what I, if I'm not, Trevor's going to rip me a new one and I'm going to be <laughs> subbed off. So that's what I'm thinking about. They went through slow-mo footage for about five minutes and then they're like, what are you thinking about now? I said, mate, this is 0.2 of a second. I'm still thinking the exact same thing that if I don't get on the other side, I'm going to be subbed off and potentially I'm going to lose my job. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, so I just think from all this, it's again, Jordan Hunter's incident. There was an incident with Aaron Baines early in the year um, where he got Thomas Abercrombie with a, like an elbow, which was um, – Reckless, if yep. you would say, you know, of all things, but we don't look at that now. Do we look at it because of the perception around Jesse Wagstaff? Um, there's a perception that he's a flopper. Um, I don't agree with that. And there's a perception that he's dirty. Again, don't agree with that. But that's just the labels that have been put on Wildcats players for a significant period of time, you know. So, um, and you're never going to rid of that. There's this East Coast bias in that, and we can agree with that. So, yeah, again, um, I really hope if if that is upheld so and he is suspended 
by golly, that's going to cause some issues around the league because I think if you looked at incidences throughout the weekend of every single game, you would see guys that go for a contested rebound, elbow hits ahead, you know, uh, same screening action. Like, would I be at that time? I mean, I ran through Harry Froling and um, was, wasn't was cited for unruly rough play and that was unruly rough play. Like, un, yeah, that's yep. something yep. I'm not proud about. <laughs> Looking back at it was not a great thing. Like, I wouldn't want my son to be like, you literally nearly tried to kill a human being <laughs> uh, with your shoulder. But... Yeah, again, crazy, absolute crazy. We're obviously recording this before the verdict comes out tonight, but the fact that the NBA has cited Jesse clearly yeah. speaks to the fact that they've got an agenda they're trying to push. So I'm just interested, as a player that's obviously played in this league and been on the court, I think regardless of what happens tonight, there's definitely a precedent they're trying to set. What do you think this is going to mean going forward and for the rest of the season in terms of how players screen or whether they second-guess what they're doing on the basketball court. Do you think it could really just get in the heads of players this year? Oh, I think it, to a certain point, absolutely. I think, you know, like even that, Jesse's been playing for, what, 15 years? Like, he's not going to change all of a sudden and stop sending terror screens, no doubt. Um, but I think in terms of a strong statement, what I think it does, though, is sets a horrible precedent because, uh, one, and Lockie Bark is a, a tall guard. He's a big guard, 6'2", 6'3". You know, Johnny Antonio, I think 5'10", 5'11", with uh, Geordie Hunter. Same incident, right? It was just the head-high contact. He got him flush. Uh, Isaac Humphreys got Mitch Norton flush in the third quarter. And, and at no time, I actually thought it was... A, I didn't actually think it was a foul. Um, they called an illegal screen. I actually thought, oh, it's just the way yeah. the crowd went, went about it. Norton got smashed good, right? But because <laughs> he he's smashed a, good all the Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But he's a little nuggety wombat. Yep. Like, he literally... He's 5'6 on a good day. And yep. if he's listening, he'd be like, no, I'm not. But, <laughs> but because of size, right? Like yeah. he just didn't make that. He got him on his chest and, and the same deal. Another instant, Isaac Humphreys cleans up Luke Travers with a bloody eye, right? Like, again, reckless. Absolutely, it's reckless. Like yeah. he got him. Was it on purpose? No, no, it's definitely not. Like there's incidents throughout a game. Would it, would it, I don't think it changes the magnitude of how a guy thinks. Like I don't think Jesse looks at that. But I, I definitely think even from that uh, behaviour, like, are you looking at that? Would You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you... I mean, I would hope the Wildcats, if he was to be fine, the Wildcats pay for that. But, you know, what I would hate is that to actually impact towards the end of a season. You know, you're looking at a, a semi-final game or a grand final, yep. same incident, yep. right? Precedent set, you're suspended, and you, you, you miss a game through four or five. Like, come on. Like, now that... That uh, puts the whole like competition at jeopardy, really. Yeah, um, and I think that's what you're you're really opening up to. Uh, that's a cause of concern for sure. The um, interesting thing for me, I, I wonder if if he didn't have concussion, if he got up and Correct. just ran on, would they even look at this? Because at the time, like I watched um, even Dean Vickerman on the sidelines, mm. he literally like you know he gets um, Buck goes to the floor and Vickerman's already looking. He's not like running to the ref like what the hell was that? No, you know? no. he literally sees it, moves on. Okay, so he got he got hit um, hit on a hard pick. Absolutely. Um, so that those sorts of reactions I look for because in those instances, like if they don't think there's anything wrong with it. And they're sort of just continuing to play on, like it's it's interesting. So it feels like because he got he got um, a concussion Correct. from it that they've made the decision based on that, which is which is dangerous because um, a basketball a, a legal gar- um, sorry a legal basketball motion mm. can can um, concuss someone if it's 
just unfortunate timing or impact. Like Absolutely. Said, so. I, I mean, I think the natural motion and again, like setting that screen, like the referees in call a call. And I know that happens. Yeah, there's like, no, there's like no happens in, in legal AFL. screen Sometimes call. it's not a free kick and you look at it and in that hindsight. But again, at that time, you know, you can see like a sudden, like when people are wanting to actually nail someone in a screen, whether that's defense or offense trying to do that, um, or even like trying to go, oh, I'm going to nail this. They'll lift their arms up a little bit to really like that impact and make it yep. profound. Like at no point did I think that was the case. Like, um, to even having this genuine conversation with Jesse and I'll share that. Like, you know, I was with the kids at the playground. I was like, you know, did you put some sauce? He's like, nah, mate. Like, I literally just cleaned him flush. Like, he didn't know. It was the one, as an offensive player setting a screen, you know you're, you've got him. Like, yeah, defense yeah. is not attached, you know, and you're like, well, no one's I'm going to set a pick here. Yeah, anything, absolutely. Yeah. And mm. so um, that's not a fault of Lockie Barker. Like, he was playing up and in and, and wanted yeah. to disrupt Bryce Cotton. And even in the scope of the game, I think – he may have just had a turnover or Bryce had just scored on, it, scored on him. So he was just like, all right, I'm going to provide yeah, energy. He's a bench guy. Like, you know, that doesn't happen, you know, and even to, you know, when it's a legal pick, like there's clear as day when they actually try and like clean him up and not again, like you're not, never do I think any player goes, I'm going to purposely hurt someone. Like we just don't have that in this league. Yep. But in terms of like, um, yeah, to, to, to that concept and that scope, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, again, I look at it and just go, geez, frustrating to, to see that. Yeah, I um, think what's transpired. You hit it on the head, Dan. This speaks of like outcomes determining Absolutely. the repercussions. And we've seen it with football, it's probably mm-hmm. the most prominent example that we all know of, but it's all around the world now with NFL, with soccer, all these sports are trying to get concussions out, which yeah. is obviously 100% the right thing to do. But there needs to be some rhyme and reason to the players on the field knowing what is and isn't in the guidelines because mm. i think that if we were to say screens weren't allowed which i don't agree with that but if that yep. was the rule at least everyone can work back from that but we're saying there was this basketball motion that was done pretty much perfectly the mm. ref didn't call anything like you said the opposition players and coaches weren't up in arms about it because it's a basketball player and we're letting the outcome dictate what the repercussions are now because you're right if there wasn't a concussion but then this wouldn't that, be happening a lot of those sports so they eliminate football high contact uh, NFL, even I mean, can't imagine a soccer ball hitting someone's head twenty times a day. <laughs> yeah, like good, yeah, you know what I mean. But like these are synonymous with concussions, right? Like high contact sports. I mean, um, gotta love him, but the last guy that sort of had an issue and and is Matt Knight, right? Like retired due to concussion, um, and currently Shay Ely. Like, but again, very uh, few and far between. Correct. Yeah, and I think that's a, a rash thing to go. Oh, we're no, this is a significant issue. Absolutely, it's a significant issue. But I reckon there's a lot more significant issues uh, mm. across the league you know, yeah. that you're trying to eliminate, not concussions um, that need yeah. a, a, a stronger focus. No, and you're right. But even look at Delavadova last year. He's copped a couple of concussions over the past few years. Yep. And the systems are good around that because he was forced to sit down and not play for a few weeks. So I agree. I think the system around the NBL and the NBA, for that matter, when it comes to concussions is good. But, yeah, there's just no rhyme or reason to an action on the court that's perceived to be legal. The outcome is obviously unfortunate, Mm -hmm. but it means that we're having this conversation now. And I'm just interested, you said you were with Jesse on Sad Day. Mm -hmm. Was he genuinely shocked when he got the news that he was being cited? Um, More so, I think. I'm not sure shocked was the right word. I think it it, seems really basic, but bothered. Like, I just think he's generally is one of the... Um, most selfless, genuine human beings going around. Like, it's always funny when you you, you see people what is on the court um, to what they are as an individual off it. And so, obviously, spending a lot of time, I actually think 
like he doesn't like you know those like he's not on social media you know so he doesn't hear any of that like his wife and he's like get off facebook like because he's so that like i even said to him i said mate actually surprisingly people are actually backing you like i thought there'd be a lot more people from over east being like yeah get rid of him like yeah it was actually like as and i would say that as much as i hate jesse wagstaff i actually think the wrong decision and you're just like just even show that scope so Mm. I wasn't shot, and I said to him, I'm so, "I said you're gonna get you're gonna get done, mate." I said when I I got done twice, and both times I was like, "This is an absolute shit show." Like you know, it was an absolute joke. Not at one point. Now, obviously, both times thrown out, but um, again, I was just like on the letter of the law and what's actually in this handbook in terms of what is it. I was like, I could understand it. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. But again, I'm not writing those documents or policies. Yep. All right. Well, that's a that's a good take on it. Um, let's keep moving through some MBL stuff. Around about mm. uh, a week ago, uh, there was a bit of a leak of documents, and that was that the MBL. How would have a leak come, Ben? Like, <laughs> yeah. sure, yeah. in the media world. That's because someone likes to get their agenda out there. I yeah, think it, that's right. Coming so from the Sydney Kings, it might have come from there. It makes yeah. them perceived to be look good, doesn't let's, it? Let's let's be careful not to uh, defame <laughs> though. Paul Smith will, will be on your back, Ben, if you go too hard. But the, there was. A, a, a document leak that showed the salary uh, cap, how the soft salary was being um, paid with the luxuries. Perth, well over that, $400,000, yeah. uh, according to this document, of course, um, over the soft cap. Um, the next biggest, I think, was around ninety to $100,000. Yeah. Um, and then there was a bunch of teams under it. So there are a lot of asterisks with this, that yeah. there are certain figures that just don't come into the equation. So, for instance, a really simple one is that a, a player's salary is based on how many games they play in the season. So if they only play half the games, only half their salary is accounted to the cap. Um, and then, for instance, like a marquee player, you can basically pay them as much as you really want, yeah. but only a certain percentage of their salary. Um, and marquees can only be Australian. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So you, you could just pay... You can pay as much as you want yep. on these players. And so the whole talk of, you know, Wildcats paying for... Yep. Um, Championships and stuff. Yeah. I've seen that thrown around a little yeah, bit just because yeah. I was so far over. But uh, look, Jack Bendat um, hit just like to pay players and pay people what they're worth and put a lot of money into it. Love the team. Um, other other teams treat their um, their teams more like businesses and stuff mm, like that yeah. and and have things in in consideration like that. But um, did you? What was your thoughts when this sort of came out, Greg? That, oh. Uh, I mean, I, I like first I laughed because I was like, <laughs> at a leak. Like, it's not like it's it's been an Optus data breach and like somehow <laughs> yeah. it's gone out. Like, it's obviously been manipulated in a way and, and good on them. But for me, I look at it and I sort of spoke about this. I go, mate, it's clearly Bryce's contract, right? And there was a discussion. Someone had remarked, well, clearly the Wildcats stuffed up because they thought the citizenship papers um, were, co- were going to come in time and they could reclassify him as a marquee guy. Yep. In essence, didn't happen, and maybe they've bit the bull on that one. I, irrespective of Bryce was Australian or uh, American or what his classification is, he's worth every dollar and cent. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, if that $400,000 is Bryce's contract on top of that, that is worth it. Like he literally brings people through the doors and gets kids buying his jersey in ridiculous amounts and corporate people will re-up to have the chance to to watch Bryce play. Like he is Mm -hmm. there. You look across the league in terms of a level of consistency and like the perfect example I like to look at, you know, name me some imports that have been around longer for two or three, four years, right? rare yeah um and a guy like you, you compare it tyler harvey has this amazing year we uh year one and he'll are all like hey let's do the same similar bryce con fold let's bring him in let's have him for three years like do that 
I think you'd argue and go, he hasn't been playing to the level of standard he has at year one. Like to find someone as talented as Bryce that buys into a system to embrace his Australian culture yep. and understands and the league. Yes, and Perth, um, who I actually think uh, is a potential captain, right, in terms of that. Like, yeah, he's not outspoken in the media and all that, but internally is that sort of guy. Yeah. Worth it, right? And yeah, you're completely right. I think the marquee, like, let's look at Delhi. Delhi would have been paid like <laughs> yeah, well overs, marquee. Um, Chris Goulding, marquee. Yep. You know, so there's two big guys there. Um, their imports were budget imports yeah, because yeah. they're Australians, right? So even that, take that out of the equation. Uh, the Asian player, their special exemption rule, next stars, uh, the Indigenous player, you know, like they're all not classified on that. Um, so it's an, it's an intriguing thing and even there's a discussion piece because you talk about uh, the potential of James Johnson but then you look at uh, Andrew Bogut when he was given an ownership share. Well, how do they value that in, in yeah, yeah. the salary cap of all grand scheme of things? Like if someone, like if Paul Smith, and I love him, was to sell the uh, Sydney Kings and was like, oh, it's valued at $40 million. Okay, and you've got 10%, so it's now Bogut, you know, uh, valued at $4 million, like in the salary yeah. cap. Does that go on there? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. again, like there's just that. Um, I was actually surprised in terms of, I thought it would be like well over like 400. I was like, yeah, it's not really that bad. I mean, we're going to talk about Golden State in that situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, I'm like, no hesitation. Um, that's where you want the, 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 the league to go and grow, right? Like the, you want money and that's, a, that's so an appropriate usage of money. It is. The salary cap system in the NBL is so convoluted. I'm always, like, I'm firmly of belief, I think, Salary should be public and there should be more system and rigidity around that. Yeah. I'm just keen to get your thoughts. Players or teams? Players' salary should be public and there should be... Greg doesn't like (laughs) that. I'm a former player. I'm always challenged by this on players, but I'm just keen to get your thoughts on someone that played in the league. And when I say that, what do you think? Yeah, I just think... Like, I understand the transparency, but I think that's where the team figures needs to... Like, I don't think... A sign, say this is marquee and this is what they spend, but say total team spent, like don't hide what that is. I, don't, I think players is the issue because I think in the, like I don't think our athletes, I'm not saying they're not resilient enough, but I think in terms of social media and what that actually looks like and knowing some of the imports that have come in the league and it actually really impact them or, or role players. You know, some of the, the league contracts would – and there's there's a counter-argument, right? Like you, if you know what someone's worth is, that comes negotiation time. But knowing how small the league is, I know what other guys get paid. I was going to say, right. the players yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as I on. mentioned last week, on the, the, you know, your agent, like if I was going and I had Anthony Drimmick and Todd Blanchard and myself, I can straight away go like to my agent and go, well, I know what you're shopping them at, right? Like what I want here at this club. So it's not hard. There's only a few number of agents. You know, like there's enough talk um, like around the league of knowing what that actually is. Like even now I know what guys get paid and what's being floated around. Coaches know that. So again, I think, you know, what what would be challenging is like some of the guys, like it's not enough money. Like some guys get paid $60,000. Like that's, yeah. you know, mate, I got paid, my very first contract was $44,000. Before that, development player was $6,000. And even my biggest contract ever, I can, at, at one point, like when I signed a good deal and then got more money, I remember like being like, I've made it. I was on $80,000, you know? So like, yeah, yeah. obviously increase. Like that's humiliating, right? As an individual, why would you want to wish that upon someone else going like, there, like, NBA can understand that because you're talking gazillions of dollars. But even a guy like Chris Goulding, say if he's on three fifty or five hundred thousand dollars, it's on his accord. Like you don't need to, you know. Then people are like, is he worth it? You know, and all that yep. sort of stuff. I just think 
If I was getting paid $5 million or $500,000, hey, cop it, give me as much crap in the world. Like, yep. there was a great uh, NFL quarterback who just retired and he was on another show and he sort of said, like, I made $40 million and everyone else is idiots. Like, they're nerds. Like, so <laughs> you cop that, like, I'm yeah. like, for, for sure. So I just think that. The scale like, of salary. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take uh, That's That's interesting. Um, uh, let's keep going through some MBL stuff while we're at it. And Paul Smith has already been talked about yeah. um, and we'll probably talk about him again. He's probably what, the most outspoken owner in the MBL, or the owner of the Sydney Kings. He's a heel, isn't he? Like he, yeah. like he is. The league needs him and the league loves yeah. having him around. Yeah. It's a it's a love-hate sort of thing. I think if you're a Sydney Kings fan, you love it. Um, and then the other thing is he barks back at people on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, it. it's great value. Um, he's come out this week and said that the uh, – it's been given a bit of shit to the Adelaide 36ers saying, uh, this, this is the quote, they dead set think they're the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> um, and uh, that's the sort of stuff I, I like from an owner. Like, I don't know, they're, they're so prime and proper a lot of the time, but there's there's no character in it. Like, could you imagine Tro- like Troy George, who's <laughs> like one of the most sort of like conservative guys, was like very um, measured with his media yeah, stuff. Yeah. that he, he would, I reckon he would have practiced quotes oh, over and over again to make sure he's not saying absolutely. anything wrong. Could you imagine Troy Georgie going like Melbourne United scumbags? Like, you know. And, and I'm all for it. Like, I don't think across the league, if, if eight or nine uh, owners are doing that, like, I think it sort of goes. But I, I agree. I, like, it's personality. Do I agree with it? I think, like, it is. Like, I'm like, what a wanker. But in essence of the league and what it wants, like, you could have seen, like, the NBL, one, as soon as they heard that, their social media team would have been like, yeah, get that on socials. Get on this, like, straight yeah. away. How good. And. It's like when our media outlets in WA put on an article about Nick Natanui putting carrying a bag into the like a box into the um, <laughs> like in the facility. Now they put that up knowing that every single there's two two ways about it, right? They're like, is this news or like hate Nick Natanui? And that outlet is like, how good's the analytics? Like people writing, yeah. it's yeah. no different when Corey Holdenside uh, Williams six years ago when he first started the NBL was like. How? What am I going to do? I'm going to hate the biggest fan base in the NBL and ostracise them, and I'm going to get the rest of the fan base enjoying me. And what's he doing now? He's getting the Wildcat fans on his side, right? Yeah. Like because yeah. he's coming the other way. Like let's get that. So if you don't think Paul Smith's smart, like mate, he's a genius. He's like, a genius. And you mentioned homicide. Like yeah. we have to point out who pays homicide salary. It's the league. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and all power to him for that. And yeah, Paul Smith. The good thing about Paul that I like, he speaks to the media. He speaks yeah. to people like the pick and roll website that I've done a lot of work for, our platform's spoken to Paul all the time. Yeah, like yeah. You want to speak to Paul, he'll pick up the phone and run you through what he's thinking and he's not hiding behind this corporate veil of what he should be saying or shouldn't be saying and he sticks to his opinion, which I know a lot of media people say they want opinions and people to speak from the hip, but when they do, most of the time the media is the one shooting them down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to be fair to Paul, he owns the club so he can do what he wants. Right, and yeah. I respect that as long as, hey, run your mouth about the 36ers and mm-hmm. if you win, you've got a great story. And if you lose, even better because yep. there's someone to point to as a heel, like you said. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, and that's the juicy thing is that this Friday night they yeah. do play each other. And so it's setting them up for – like I will watch this game now. Correct. And it's a story I was not going to watch that, that game beforehand. goes to the year. Because yep. they win that game or if they lose, right? Like Adelaide get the win. Yep. The next one is like, no, they're, they're definitely asking. And Adelaide have got Craig Randall, I think, the third. Like, they're, they're, he'll be 
there's no doubt like he's like I'm feeding into that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They're marketing that. Like, yeah, that's no, like genius. It. Like I said, I wasn't going to watch Adelaide play Sydney on a Friday night, but I'm definitely going <laughs> to tune into that for sure. What else are you watching on a Friday night? Oh, I don't know. I'm like falling asleep <laughs> at 9 p.m. these days. Um, let's uh, let's talk NBA because, like I said, opening day. night, um, opening morning, ring ceremony, Golden State Warriors uh, take down the Lakers, the uh, Boston Celtics take down the 76ers, which for me, um, every single opening night mm. is su- it just sucks. The games always suck. One team's always like championship hangover or I don't know. It's I don't know why they pick these games as the scheduled games. Celtics and Celtics It's always Sixers. the same. It's always Celtic Sixers. I remember a few yep. years ago when I was in the States, I was in Boston, Celtic Sixers. Same thing happened. The Sixers started well and then faded. Yep. And Joel Embiid tried to pretend fight someone on that night. Yep. He, he did, did the same thing this morning. He did tonight with Jalen Brown. So he got into like a bit of a, a tussle with uh, Marcus Smart at first and then Jalen Brown came in and actually, you know, they wanted to look point at each other and give me, giving the old fake hold me backs and stuff like that. <laughs> this is probably the best part of it. Um, that uh, Marcus Smart's, you know, he, Marcus Smart was being uh, interviewed afterwards. This is the quote that he said. I mean, I don't condone violence, but I think it's just a funny thing to say when, you know, we're talking about pretend tough guy and fighting, although that Marcus Smart is a tough guy. Yep. He said, uh, I could have cracked his head open, but I didn't. That's the maturity <laughs> we have. That was his quote of his my, uh, little scuffle. My favourite part, yeah. he referred to himself in the third person as the <sighs> DPOY. Yeah. I just think... <laughs> d- defensive player the of the year. comment too. Like, imagine if that... It's like, I think of Will Ferrell in those rooms. <laughs> Like you actually killed a guy. Like imagine if yeah. he cracked his head open and there's like a yeah. guy like walks home with his son and he's like, I'm really sorry. Like you, yeah. he killed so a guy. I on the love court. the Will Ferrell like, and semi-pro reference where he's just trying to jet. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I just, yeah, in that essence. like, And of all people, I'm like, actually Marcus Smart might be a tough guy. Like he, he, is. he has the complete flopping syndrome of going over embellishing of all things. But then I'm like, actually, I love him on my team because he gets down yep. and dirty. But yep. I mean, of all people, Joel Embiid of, of human beings that you're like, it's a physically imposing guy. Yeah, well. say, Joel Embiid's got some flopping talent oh, as well. He no, is he uh, elite when it comes to flopping around. Let's um let's give some uh, some predictions for the season yes. um so we'll, we'll do an east winner a west winner yep. and an mvp um i haven't really thought about this do you do either <laughs> of you guys have an answer because yeah. I, I might need some time to pad uh, yeah, yeah go all right well, you, well you, I'm, like I, even after today i was like golden state yeah that's like, i think that's for me as well on the west um looking at that uh, and then off, i actually felt philadelphia would be good but i'm gonna put a smoky and just because i think what it is like part of this little part of me is like hoping it succeed because I want the maybe not the little person but Ben Simmons to just actually right. get his knockers I actually think Brooklyn will come out of the east mm-hmm. right so and there's going to be a moment there so if they're not doing well in season Steve Nash done halfway through the year yep. Yep. bring in another coach they'll change things up I just think you got Kevin Durant who is a proven game winner um, and I actually think Ben Simmons fits the mould really good. Uh, Kyrie Irving, and then you've got a couple of guys. Like Ma- uh, Markeith Morris, I think, is there now, and a couple of other like Patty Mills. Patty's there. Yeah, um, Blackston's off the bench. Yeah, you know, like a couple of like uh, is it Will Barton from Denver went over there as well, but another guy from Denver, I think, went just like role players. So. Yep. I just think they'll get out of there. See, um, I love the Nets roster, but they're an NBA 2K team for yeah. me. I cannot I trust agree, any of them. I think Durant's averaged 35 games a season the past three. I love Ben Simmons' game. He hasn't played in 18 months. Mm. And Corey Irving, good luck trusting anything he does. <laughs> burning sage. Trying to get rid of the evil spirits. <laughs> yeah. So who's your East and West? See, I like Golden State in the yep. West. I think yeah. they're going to have a very good season, like win 60-plus games. Yeah. And out east, I'm on the Milwaukee Bucks train. I think Giannis Hmm. is the best player in the world. I think Giannis is going to win his third MVP and really elevate himself. 
And I think we're going to have a tremendous finals with the Warriors and the Bucks going at it and Steph versus Giannis. Mm. That's the finals I want to see. And, yeah, I checked this out this morning. Giannis is 9-1 to one for MVP. So if <laughs> you like a little wager, get down to Bluebet and uh, yeah, put some good. money down. <laughs> <laughs> very good, Ben. Um, I, I, I don't know if this is just because of... Tick that off the run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is because uh, these are the games that are on tonight. But Boston look very good. I'm going to go Boston on the East. I think they're a complete team. I think they can defend extremely well. Tatum's going to be better. Marcus Smart's just DPOY every day. Um, so I'm going to go Boston on the East and, yeah, Golden State on the West. I think you can't go Golden State. You can't have threes. Choose someone else. All right, I'm going to – well, I'm going to back my into my MVP Dallas. pick then of Luka Doncic <laughs> yeah, and Dallas okay. Mavericks because we were in the West Finals last yeah, season yeah. and we're better. Uh, Luka is in shape. He's in, like – absolute do you work for the Mavericks no I don't I don't Uh, so yeah alright fine I'll go Mavs on the west uh, Boston on the east Luka Doncic holding the MVP and finals MVP at the end Um, let's We've only got a few more things to go through and Greg, you need to go get in the no, right mindset for, uh, for coaching. The kids will coach themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's my test. It's like, you know, yeah. I'm not sure if Scully's ever this, where the coaches are purposely late to see, like in college, it happened all the time. Like it'd be six o'clock in the morning, no coaches there. Yep. And you'd go like, what's he doing? And then like, you'd have to do warm up and that'd be like a guy that's like, it's like teachers when they're not there for 10 or 15 minutes. Like, and yeah. they're like, oh, I'm going home. Like, I don't need <laughs> to be here. Sweet. And all of a sudden the coach would come out of nowhere, rip everyone a new one. You're so shit. Like, yeah, I love it. You must have yeah, the most so. mature five-year-olds in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, sweet. Let's, 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 let's stay a little longer then. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some salaries. We talked salaries in the yeah. NBL. Let's just go completely on the other side of the spectrum. So there's potential that Wildcats overspending $400,000 from the soft salary cap. I'm just going to let you know what's happened in the last few days at the Golden State Warriors. So Jordan Poole's agreed to a four-year, um, $140 million extension, which is big money. Andrew Wiggins signs a $109 million contract. Uh, Draymond Green has a player option for this year, so he can choose to be paid... Oh, sorry, for next year, he can be choose to be paid $27 million if he wants. Which he's not. He's going Lakers. You're, okay. Oh, I'm going to say that he's probably going to go for the secured bag yeah, and go yeah. for the player option and get $27 million from the Warriors. That means that it takes their total salary to $215 million for the uh, the 2023-24 season. And their luxury tax bill, so, you know, Wildcats having to pay $400,000 over the tax... for like in luxuries the the luxury tax bill for the golden state warriors is going to be 268 million dollars uh that's 483 for those maths people out there 483 million dollars total uh for USD. the 2000 yeah, in us to in for the 2023-24 season so half a billion dollars to mm. pay their salary which is huge yep. outrageous money yeah but the owner's willing to pay for it that's the crazier thing right the franchise is worth I think I read during the week because the Phoenix Suns are up for sale. Yep. They reckon that's going to get about $4 billion and this article valued the Warriors at $6 billion. So it's a lot of money, I know. But in the grand scheme of things, the crazier thing is that this ownership group can afford this. Yep, And that's right. It's, it, it comes back in in essence to a minute scale. It's like the Wildcats can afford it and it gets some wins. Like if they yeah. pay this roster and they weren't going to compete for a championship. And now Bob Myers brought it up. was like, if you had asked me this last year, like, would we do it? He's like, no, categorically, no. But because of Jordan Poole and that limited window of Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and what they've got, like, why wouldn't you? You know, like, yep. you're not... The thing that I have the issue with is how 
it detracts. For, like Golden State, I think of the 15 guys, 10 of them they've drafted or signed as a, you know, like an undrafted free agent. Yep. So you're investing in all those guys, not high lottery picks, except for James Wiseman, who you would say is actually of the least of their But even priorities. he's going to get paid again next year. Right, he's up and you'd think he's going to be out there. So... And then you've got a guy like Andrew, uh, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, right? That basically was like thrown as, as fodder, like for DeAndre yeah, he Rosser. was a very high draft pick, didn't perform great, was at a bad Cleveland Cavaliers team. Correct. And then was considered a bit of a, maybe not a bust. But, yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. And then reinvigorates himself in a warrior system that's built for success. And so they basically penalise for going, like we've drafted these guys, we've yep. invested in them. And the other thing that I find quite perplexing is – if you're a team that pays luxury tax, you are not uh, you you don't receive any of that funding. So you're basically rewarding teams to be poor. Mm. So of how many it would be interesting to know how many of those teams are actually paying luxury tax. You know, like I think it was Brooklyn, six last season. Right, it might so, have been seven. You know, I mean, like Brooklyn, like Philly, uh, Clippers, like you know. So then, so take them out. Like they're the best teams, and so any of those ones, like. Yeah, we'll just continue giving Charlotte, you know, money or like... Okay, see. Yeah, like these teams. um, Yep. Yeah, like for me, that's the issue as well. It's like, at least with the NBL, they say like you need to spend up to like the ceiling, the floor, Mm. right? So you can at least be competitive. Um, Whereas we're basically rewarding teams and then punishing Golden State who have like struck gold and off their own talent. It's not like, yeah, bar the Kevin Durant thing. Yeah. You know, which like they didn't just form a super team. <laughs> correct, with players like even currently with the Lakers, like yeah. look at that roster and how that's built. Like, name me one guy that they've drafted, Austin Reeves. Like yep. all that, that's not like LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Even though people, Patrick Bev, like yeah, yeah. again, yeah. pretty yeah. pretty crazy. All right, that's. Uh, I want to check one more thing with you before we have some listener questions. Um, did you perhaps see Draymond Green's documentary this morning? Oh. Okay, Mate. a hostage video. Patronizing. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so, how so is he making about himself? Yeah, so the, for those that didn't see it, Draymond Green has produ- self produced a 21 minute documentary that was aired before the ring ceremony on TNT, outlining a lot of the situation <laughs> with, with the Jordan Poole punch, okay, and the days that followed after that. For me, it was one of the most odd things I've ever seen. Oh, um, I agree. Very well done. I'll give him that. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> well produced. He had but the the, win- the circle light things, right? Yes. Like the vignette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. So the, one of the quotes that stuck out for me in this was him trying to be all philo- philosophical, yeah, so. leaving these great long pauses in between his sentences for, for weight. And he goes, the world has seen one of your worst moments. And then he's like looking at the camera, like nodding his head, licking his lips. He does that weird <laughs> lick of his lips thing. And then he goes, look at the upside you have now. So he's saying like the world has seen me punch Jordan Poole. Like they've seen me in my lowest. So now everything else is cream. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's all up from here. I was just thinking then though, maybe we're the suckers though. Cause we just talked about homicide Williams 10 minutes ago yep. and how he wants us to watch his videos and listen to him consume content. And Draymond's put this thing out this morning. So smart, isn't it? We're talking about it. No, but it. he actually <laughs> believes that. This, like, even the way, like, I think when he speaks, he loses oxygen at times and forgets what he's actually talking about. Like, even that, like, I reckon there's a guy that's really articulate and, like, say there's, like, a PR person. Yeah. I reckon, like, his PR person was like, do not do this. Like, I fundamentally think this is the worst thing you could ever do. And he's like, nah, <laughs> I'm doing it. Like, and then, like, on the feet, like, no, at no point do I go, you're right, Draymond. Yeah. Like, you're the victim in this. Yeah, like, I've yeah, got it wrong. You're strong, man. Oh, you're strong. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Part of me thinks, though, is I reckon it's all 
part of like that document like I'm pretty sure it's all pre-season and what it looks like and this is he's going oh I've got to add on like and it's the whole journey and it's going to yep. add, like it's part of it and he goes oh, I'll do it on this ring side but in terms of timing yeah like does Jordan Paul I'm sure is like goes back home he's smashing uh, a whippersnapper whiskey and a shelter yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. obviously and he goes is he kidding like <laughs> yeah he punched me in the face like yeah and then he apologised to my family for <laughs> the embarrassment that I caused. Like that's like one of those like I'm sorry if you're offended yeah, sort of absolutely. apologies. When just on Steve Kerr, right? He was with Michael Jordan. He got punched in the face himself. When <laughs> Kerr steps away and writes a book, give me uh, a copy of that because yeah, that man absolutely. must have some stories. Some absolutely. stories. I think he got um, sent to Vegas with um, Rodman oh. because uh, the co- who was the coach at the time? Um, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson said you need to go with Rodman and make sure Ro- uh, he doesn't die in Vegas. <laughs> One of the best stories ever is Luke Longley came to us to be an inspirational speech before playoff series, and we like got done, and he was you know telling us Jordan and telling us his journey, and then like we're all there and. Like we got done and he's like, does anyone want to ask anything? And then like, um, can't remember what year it was and like no one said anything. He's like, you guys are pussies. And we're like, what? And he's like, you guys want to know about War- Rodman? And everyone's like, yes, <laughs> tell us Rodman. <laughs> Give the tell us that want. Vegas story. And we're like, tell us more. <laughs> and like, Trev had to be like, guys, like, no, he was brought in to like. <laughs> yeah, to pump you guys Yeah, up. not full on sex stories with Carmen Electra. <laughs> like, but it was like, yeah, if anything, like it, Sko, if you can get a podcast uh, guest, like get him because he would okay. have some ammo. All right, excellent. Um, <laughs> how much time you got, Greg? It's it's couple minutes. Couple minutes. Couple minutes. All right, yep. let's let's just pick one of these listener questions that came in before we wrap things up. Um, mm, not the first one. Not the first one. All right. <laughs> yes, well, Damien Mann's the greatest defensive yeah. player of all time. Yeah, he is. Barring is the Dana is the Mil- defensive award named after yeah, him? Yeah, well, there you well, go. Yeah, that's that's the answer to that. That was from uh, SM. CD, CD apparently or uh, Damien Martin's or <laughs> <Yeah, account. laughs> um, this one's from Jacinta underscore governed or governed uh, who's winning the WNBL championship are you following the WNBL yeah, yeah I love it I mean uh, obviously a very good documentary out in SBS I know the oh, guy Adam McKay yeah, that came out that about guy. the Melbourne Boomers Staff side, yeah yep. what is it uh, baseline or sideline sideline side yeah, yes yeah, any followers of the WNBL highly yeah, recommend really it's a good. great, great thing I'm gonna, to watch I'm give that a watch no really really good um Oh, I mean, I think you'd put obviously Melbourne Boomers up there, but I think looking off Southside Flyers last year and Lauren Jackson in that equation, it'll be interesting to know how she goes. Like with her um, being on the road, I think just that dominant, uh, like being dominant in that way. But I think yep. those three, Perth uh, being, will be interesting, well coached. But I think I, I'm putting Melbourne Boomers and Southside two Melbourne clubs. Uh, Southside had a pretty poor year by their standards to make the playoffs last year but sort of reshuffled Melbourne Boomers being defending champions you've got Tess Madgen uh, Kayla George um, like yeah I think they're too good solid alright well that's all your time for <laughs> Greg you, you better go <laughs> yeah, well, well I followed it very very closely <laughs> for one year We're when I was the, the media manager now. at the Lynx I mean I you know I, I yeah, follow it closely then. But since then, it yeah. hasn't been as, as yeah, a, a yeah, front yeah. and center thing for me. Um, Instagram, backchat underscore basketball is where you can follow us and you can send us an email hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, I think we'll, we'll chuck some stuff on socials yeah, throughout the week. We're going to get better at it as, 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 the, as the pod develops a bit more. Um, I want to give Greg the password and just let him go ham <laughs> and, and, and say things maybe he's not meant to. Um, but we'll be back next Wednesday. And, you know, as you're listening to this, I'm sure you'll know the result of Jesse Wag stuff. Mm. So, you're, Let's just say you're going to say that he's going to get off. No, I reckon he'll. I reckon he'll get a one-game suspension. There you go. All right. And your reaction? And your reaction? Uh, I'll a big 
F you <laughs> to the league. Let me take over. Yeah. Is it a disgrace? Oh, yeah. It would be an absolute disgrace. Would, yep. I'd be, if, if that happened, I would be going back at him. Um, and like, I'd go. Appealing it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even like court, sort of like, all right, no, we're, we're going gung ho. And yeah. All right. Yeah. Doing that. That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the Acast Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.